Welcome. You are listening to the Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm your host, Meryl Arnett, and my passion is making meditation accessible and enjoyable. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a guided meditation. If you would like to access these meditation practices as standalone audio files for your daily practice, please subscribe to my newsletter at merylarnett.com. It's free and you'll receive a new mini meditation each week, along with behind the scenes content and bonus material for each podcast episode. All right, let's grab a cup of tea, a comfy seat, and settle in for today's practice. Hello, friends. Welcome. Glad to have you all here on this Monday evening, mid-June. I am so glad to get to practice with you. So glad to bring a new series to you. The next couple weeks, we are talking about birds and books, magic, and the science of awe. And I think it's going to be a fun, odd series. Sometimes, frequently, when I A, write these talks and B, create these series, I have a little bit of like, do these connections make sense to anybody else? Or is this just my own weird threads of connection? Um, So you'll have to let me know if this series makes sense to you the way it makes sense to me. I hope it all lands in a way that is useful for your meditation practice. All right, here we go. So this class... I'm really trying not to do this too, but I I am doing it. It's inspired by a quote that's used too often. And I wish I could have picked a different one, but I love this quote. That's why it's used so often. So we're going to start with it. This is Rilke. Be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves, like locked doors and books that are now written in a very foreign tongue. Do not now seek the answers which cannot be given to you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps you will then gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. Love the questions themselves. And I think if there is a thread running through the entirety of this series, that will be the thread. There is a thread of questions, of ambiguity, of uncertainty that I would like us to explore. And we're going to start with birds. This has been my year of birds. I have never been into birds. I don't know anything about birds. It's just not anything I've ever paid any attention to. And then we added, you know, we had like a bird feeder and we added a lot of bird feeders this year and a bird bath. And y'all know that I sit outside on my back deck and I meditate every day. So I have had a front row seat to the explosion of birds in our backyard. Like an unreal number of birds. And I will tell you like, I know them. There's a bluebird family that I'm currently missing, and I'm very worried about them. We had goldfinches for an amazing month back in April that I will never forget. Like, there are these birds that just became part of the fabric of our backyard. 
And at first I will admit purely and freely, I was like, this is noisy. (laughs) I'm out here trying to meditate and there is like a whole universe happening around me and the hummingbird feeder is like up and behind me. And so like, sometimes there's like a whizzing right by, you know, there's a lot happening. But really quickly, the sounds of these birds became a piece of that inner conversation that happens when you meditate. It became this, a piece of my practice. I don't know how to explain it any other way. Something that I love and I miss if I don't practice outside and I don't hear birds in the background. And so I started reading about birds. I started, I, you know, I pulled out these incredible books on poetry and conservation, so many beautiful writers on birds. And I'm like, okay, I'm not the only person who's completely in love and feels some sort of interesting magic. And then somebody sent me an article that was just recently written in the Washington Post. It was titled, Why Birds and Their Songs Are Good for Our Mental Health. And I was like, amazing. I read this whole article. And the article cited several studies, several studies that show that listening to birdsong, like hearing birds throughout your day, is very directly linked to positive physiological, psychological, and physical health benefits. You are healthier if you hear birds. And I felt like, right, that's the same as all the studies on nature. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of studies that show if you see something green, if you have a plant in your house, if you step outside, like all of these things improve our health, our mental health and our physical health. What was interesting to me was in this whole article in the Washington Post, all about the birds all the studies, all the scientists quoted, and all of the quotes said something along the lines of listening to birds is good for your health. There was not one quote that explained why. There were some like, maybe it's because it responds to something in our brain. Maybe it's because we're like entranced by things that fly. There was a lot of maybes, a lot of guesses, a lot of posits. There was no definitive empirical answer. Why? And a lot of that is the same when we look at studies in nature. And I started to wonder, like, is it enough just to feel that sense of, I'm going to call it awe, A-W-E, like that sense of this is magical. Is it enough? to feel it, to think it in my own mind, to have some inner knowing that I feel better when I go outside, when I hear birds. Do I have to know why? And I think that question ties immediately in, at least for me, to our meditation practice. Because there's a lot of that same I feel better. There's a lot of science around it. And I'm not totally sure I can tell you why. There is an element of unknown, an element that asks 
trust of us or faith of us to do this practice. And then the question becomes, is my inner experience enough to keep me going? Is my inner experience enough to keep me going, to keep me curious, to keep me practicing and exploring? And I don't think that's a small question because we're very, very cultured to Google it, right? I mean, I totally have the bird identification app on my phone, totally. I'm like, what bird was that? I saw one today. I was like, what bird is this? It's amazing. I've never seen this bird. I still don't know the answer. But is my appreciation enhanced when I know the name of the bird? Is my appreciation enhanced or diminished when I identify and, in a sense, master the thing? I don't know that it is. I don't know that my enjoyment, my sense of magic, my sense of appreciation benefits from a label. So when we meditate and we talk about the experience being an experience that is felt in our body, right? Over and over again, meditation is an embodied experience. It is not a conversation that we have with ourselves about ourselves. That's not meditation. Meditation is what am I feeling in my body? And the trick is you're not meant to answer the question with words. I don't want you to say to me, I feel blank. That's not what I'm looking for. And I think that's so tricky because I'm sure just like me, When I sit to meditate and I listen to somebody guide me and they're like, notice what you feel in your belly or in your heart or in your throat, I answer that question. I'm like, oh, I feel tight. I feel anxious. I feel happy. I feel sleepy, whatever. You know, I answer the question because that's what we're taught to do is answer the questions. And so I want to now bring us back to that quote, the Rilke quote that we started with. Be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves, like locked rooms and like books that are now written in a very foreign tongue. Do not seek the answers which cannot be given to you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Perhaps you will then gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. The quote, the practice, the birds, they are asking us to be comfortable with the unknown, to accept uncertainty, to accept ambiguity to ask ourselves, what happens if I never know why? What happens? It's interesting. There's a lot of science that has been evolving and coming out, especially in the last few years, on awe, on this emotion of awe, A-W-E, which is like a self-transcendent experience, right? It's something that pulls us out of ourselves and our our little lives and pulls us into something that feels 
much vaster, greater, more connected. And almost always the examples cited are examples in nature. The first foremost being almost every astronaut without question experiences this when they leave the atmosphere and they look back and see earth. It's the number one experience cited by astronauts is this sense of my entire perception of what it means to be alive just changed. We can have those experiences under an incredible starry sky at the Grand Canyon at an amazing waterfall at, you know, you name it, an incredible cathedral that you have visited or a field of wildflowers that you can also have moments of awe in the presence of somebody that you feel is awe-inducing, like an incredible speaker, somebody who's very passionate and motivating, a, a Martin Luther King Jr., right? And what's interesting in these experiences, so they're, they sort of have identified two elements, I guess you would call it, of awe-inducing experiences. The first is a perception of vastness, like this thing is much bigger than I am, greater, right? Whether that's physical or in terms of presence. And the other element is need for accommodation. So perceived vastness and need for accommodation. And that need for that accommodation, what it means is it challenges the way that you feel about yourself. It asks of you in the moment to cognitively realign something because you just got pulled out of your everyday, every moment experiences and now are feeling something or seeing something, witnessing something that feels so much bigger than everything you thought about your life to date. So what's really cool is that the science shows that people who are less tolerant of uncertainty, less tolerant of ambiguity, they experience less awe. Those who are more comfortable with the unknown, who are willing to accept something without an answer, possess that ability to cognitively realign and therefore experience more awe. I think this is a really cool thing to reflect on. It's not the answer that makes life jaw-droppingly beautiful and like heart-swellingly unreal. It's not an answer of the perfect mathematical whatever in Beethoven's symphony that gives you chills. It's the willingness to be like, how does this piece of music give me chills every time I hear it? And not Google the answer, but feel it. The same is true in our meditation practice. You could come to every class taught by every amazing teacher under the sun. You could sit at the feet of the Buddha himself. If you don't close your eyes and do your own practice, if you aren't willing to sit in that place where you're like, am I doing this right? Is something happening? Will something happen? What if I don't have any insights? What if nothing happens? If you are willing to sit in that space, 
This is where the awe, the magic, the richness in a meditation practice comes from. It's the same, the exact same thing as going outside and being like, man, these birds are amazing. And I don't have an idea of what kind of bird this is. I can still be wowed. And so that's what we're going to do today. And that's what I invite into all of our practices is this intention that we're not meditating for an answer. We're not meditating to master, to dominate, to even name, to narrate an internal experience. That's not what we're doing. We're showing up to build our capacity to say, I don't know. Our capacity to be ambiguous and to live in that place so that we can experience awe, so that we can experience magic. Yeah? Okay. Let's do a little practice. And if you're outside, amazing. And if you're not right now, maybe you will be later and you'll let yourself hear some birds. And you'll let your hands rest down onto your lap. And you'll decide, do I want my eyes closed? Or would I feel safer with my eyes open? And wherever you are, with whatever kind of day you've had today, and however it is that you're feeling, let's all take a breath together. A deep inhale in. Exhale out a sigh. We'll do that once more, inhaling deeply. Exhaling out a sigh. And you allow your breath just to flow. And you invite your body, your mind, and your heart to land right here. And you invite your practice to begin when you silently say, Now is my time to meditate. Now is my time to meditate. And as you say those words to yourself, you notice if perhaps you can sit down more. Inviting yourself to sit in a way that feels completely supported and as comfortable as possible. You gently lengthen your spine so that you feel yourself seated tall and awake. And in your mind's eye, you imagine or feel yourself drawing three circles around your body. Three circles of protection. 
from the noise and distraction of the outside world. Protection from your to-do list and your thoughts, your ideas. And protection from even the stories that we've told ourselves for so long we don't even see them anymore. And inside these three circles, we sit, we draw all of our senses inward. Our sight, our hearing, our taste, our touch, our smell, all of it moves inside the body. And as you scan through the body, you might find little pockets of tension or engagement that you can soften. Relaxing along your hips and your thighs. Letting go through the low back, the mid back. Softening across the upper back and the tops of the shoulders. Letting go along the line of the jaw and the inside of the mouth. Letting go between your ears. behind your eyes and behind the forehead. Inviting all of your awareness to drop down from the head into the center of the chest. You might feel or imagine as if you could let go of all the muscles through the chest. And letting go of all the muscles in the belly. And inviting your awareness to settle somewhere inside the body. Not in the head, but down. Down in the chest or the belly or the pelvis, wherever your awareness wants to rest. And in that internal place, feeling yourself breathe. Allowing breath to move through the innermost recesses of the body. And we remember here that our intention is 
to listen. Our intention is uncertainty. It's okay if you aren't sure. It's okay if there are no words to describe. As we sit for the next 10 minutes in silence, we practice loving the questions themselves. We practice loving the practice itself. Even if you can't explain why. And so we'll sit and we'll breathe and we'll do our best to feel without words. And each and every time you find yourself thinking or describing or narrating, you could just smile to yourself and see if you can send your awareness all the way back down into your body, into the place where there are no words. No answers. Let your awareness rest in the body and breathe.
Feeling your breath here. Noticing if you're in your mind or your body. And taking a moment once again just to drop your awareness into the body itself. Feel the breath expand you outward. Feel the breath draw you towards center. And without needing to explain or justify your experience, just let your breath deepen. Wiggle into your fingers and your toes. Find those edges. And then as you feel ready, we will take a breath in together, inhaling. And letting go of that sigh. Taking all the time you need. Let go of your practice to blink your eyes open if they were closed. Thank you guys so much for your time and your presence. I hope you'll go listen to some birds this week. And we'll be back next week to talk about books, letters, signs, and symbols as we continue on this journey. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Minute. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider sharing it with a friend or leaving me a review wherever you get your podcasts. This helps others to find the show. And let's face it, we could definitely use more meditators out there. The Mindful Minute is recorded on Muskogee land and is produced with the support of Michael Sayhouse and Brianna Nielsen. To join my live classes, ask questions, or learn more about my teacher trainings, please visit MerylArnett.com. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next week.